I want to thank you all today for coming out to hear the word. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. I know it's raining pretty hard outside and the, and the clouds are pretty dark outside, but instead you come out, you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. All right. Um, I know that, you know, the more you study the word of God, the more you listen to the word of God, the more you read the Bible. All right. Um, the closer you get to God and the more you will benefit from it. All right. Because the more you study the word, the more you know the truth. All right. Christ Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through him. So we read the word because it brings us closer to Christ and it lets us know the truth about heaven, about the world, about um, hell, about salvation, about sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. And it's so important that we study the word. And that we know the word. All right. Um, I know that God loves it when his people study his word. Okay. God loves it when his people studies his word. All right. Because it shows that his people is taking an initiative that they want to get closer to God. All right. And. Um. <laughs> I know that I certainly appreciate it because I'm the one who's speaking, you know, and it as much as, you know, I like speaking the word of God, even if it's just myself listening, you know, I would like, you know, my my whole entire goal as a Christian is to lead others to Christ. So I want others to listen as well. Um, so I'm going to get right into it. Um, today's episode, <clears throat> today's podcast episode, I want to talk about something um a certain topic and it what I'm going to talk to you about today is something that is responsible For a lot of a lot of 
people missing out on salvation when they really don't have to. All right. I want to talk to you today about something that is responsible for a lot of people that end up missing out on heaven when they don't have to. You know, we are constantly at a spiritual war. Whether we are a Christian or non-Christian, we are constantly at a spiritual war. See, we as Christians, we know that we are at a spiritual war, all right? And we know how to prepare for this spiritual war because the Bible tells us, all right? But whether we like it or not, the entire world is at a spiritual war. The only sad thing is, is that they don't know it. Many people don't know it. Some people are on the opposing side. Some people are just lost in the middle. And because they are lost in the middle, they end up losing. They end up being the loser in this war. Excuse me. Um, I have a bit of a cold that I'm getting over. <laughs> so, what is this war that I'm talking about? What is this war that I speak of? Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What does that mean? That's a very nice way. That's like a very poetic way of saying um, we are at a constant spiritual war and the opposing side is God and his angels and his servants, who are us Christians, versus the devil and his soldiers, his demons, and his servants, the ones that he uses, his minions, whatever you want to call them. He, God uses us, us physical Christians, 
And the devil uses the rest of those people on this earth who are not Christians, who oppose God, who do not know God. And and aside from the devil using his people or using those physical people in this world and aside from God using his servants it is a spiritual war basically an invisible war where um it is angels versus demons. Literally, there are angels versus demons. I will tell you that right now. Okay. Um, and if you want me to be more literal, if you want me to be more specific, I will say this. Angels and, demon, angels and demons are very real. All right. It is not just um, it is not just a Tom Hanks movie. It is not just a um, uh, a movie with Keanu Reeves. All right. Um, they are very real. All right. Right outside of my house, surrounding my entire house. Are the Lord's angels watching over my house. I pray the Lord watches over my house, that the Lord sends his angels to watch over my house. Okay. That no, that, that, that no enemy that is of the devil can come into my house. Angels and demons are very real. Okay. Now, I want to, I want to get that out of the way because because um, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about exactly, but I'm leading up to what I want to talk to you about. Like in every war, in every war, whether it be a physical war, whether it be a spiritual war, whether it be a, a metaphorical war, all right? Um, okay. Uh, whether it be um, modern war or whether it be, you know, war that's way back in ancient history, every single team always has its certain tactic, its certain type of warfare, its certain type of way to win, to, 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 to have victory. All right. And war, the other team 
is constantly coming up with ideas on how to defeat the enemy, how to defeat the bad guy, okay? Each, each team always has a certain weapon that they bring out at certain times. Some weapons are more deadlier than other weapons. Okay? Um, for, for instance, okay, let's say um, let's say you send a group of 50 soldiers on a mission, all right? Their primary weapon is going to be a machine gun, okay? They're not you're not going to see all of them with 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 a with a howitzer in their hand. It's too big. It's unreliable, it's unpractical. It's not practical. It's too heavy. For one person to carry, okay? You can't move it um, all, all over the place. You're going to see them with, with a machine gun, okay? Same thing with the devil, okay? The devil has his own set of weapons, that he uses to try and win the spiritual war. He does. Some of these weapons are more deadlier than other weapons. All right. I want to talk to you today specifically about one of these weapons that Satan uses. It's one of his deadliest tricks. All right. Now, for those who know me and for those who do not know me, I am I'm a big what you would call a history buff. I love history. Okay. Um, I love um, American history, world history, geography, world geography. Um, uh, back in back in school, I even remember I did well in social studies. Okay. But particularly. I always like um, war history. It's just something that fascinated me. Okay. Now, <laughs> I I remember there is this very famous 
picture from the Korean War. Now, please bear with me because I'm going somewhere with all of this. All right. There was this very famous picture from the Korean War. For those who don't know, the Korean War was from 1950 to 1953. Okay. So it was a picture of this man. Freezing cold. Okay. Freezing cold. Okay. He, he had like a blanket over his head, trying to keep warm, trying to keep warm. You see this guy's face. He looks fatigued, tired. Okay. And the journalist that took the picture, he asked the soldier. He said, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? The soldier said, give me tomorrow. The soldier said, give me tomorrow. And I thought that that was very interesting. Okay. Because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. Tomorrow is a whole nother day. All right. We we don't know if there will even be a tomorrow. Okay. We do not know the day nor the hour when Christ comes. Okay, that means that I do not know if Christ will come today. And if he does come today, I certainly don't know what hour he will come. Christ may come at 11.59 p.m. Okay. Um. On the same day as I'm doing this podcast episode, I do not know. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. This guy said, if I can have anything, give me tomorrow. Okay. Now. That might be possible when you are fighting a physical war. Okay. That might be possible when you're fighting a physical war because when you're fighting a physical war, you don't fight it the same way as a spiritual war. It's not the same thing as a spiritual war. All right. A spiritual war is between God and the devil. And we will not see the final outcome until Christ comes back for his people 
and takes them to be with him in his kingdom. We know what the outcome will be. We know that Christ will win, all right, this spiritual war, but we will not see it until Christ comes back, and we do not know when Christ will come back. So we cannot say, give me tomorrow. Okay. There's only one way to get into heaven. There's only one way to get into heaven. And that is through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That is through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And the way how Christ Jesus saves us is by coming into our lives. And the way how he comes into our lives is we accept him into our lives. Now, we have two choices. We can accept him or we can reject him. Now, the only way to get into heaven is by accepting Christ. And we don't know what tomorrow will bring. And so many people, they say, oh, I'll accept Christ tomorrow. I'll accept Christ tomorrow. I'll accept Christ tomorrow. I've had a hard day today. Give me tomorrow. And then tomorrow doesn't come for them. Tomorrow doesn't come for them. All right. Now, see, this is why this I'm going to tell you why this is one of Satan's deadliest tricks. I'm going to tell you why this is one of Satan's deadliest tricks. OK. <clears throat> now. There was this one story I heard. <laughs> I heard it from another pastor. Um, I heard it from another pastor. And when I heard it from this pastor, I thought it was very clever. You know, I'm like, wow, I never heard that before. <laughs> I have to use that some way, somehow. So... The devil, he was having a discussion, okay, with three of his, you know, top advisors, okay? The devil said, look, a lot of our tactics aren't working. They're getting old. They're getting outdated. People aren't falling for them anymore. You know, how... How can we get people to turn away from Christ? 
he asked his first advisor. First advisor says, well, we can tell people that there is no God. Devil said, that's, no, that won't work. That's crazy. That's crazy. No. Because people know some some way, somehow, that there is some kind of God, some kind of deity, okay? Whether they are Muslim, whether they are Hindu, whether they are agnostic, people believe one way or another that there is a God, that there is some kind of higher being. No, that's a crazy idea, okay? That's the second advisor said, well, we could put laws in place, you know, we could put all kind of, all kind of laws in place saying that Christians can't worship anymore. We, we can get rid of national day of prayer. Um, we can, from schools, we, we can, we can, um, stop selling Bibles we can put an end to Christian stores. We could try and shut down churches. Devil said, no, it's not going to work. Okay. People, they could still have underground churches. Okay. People, they could still sell Bibles. They could still get their hands on a Bible one way or another. Okay. People could still pray on their own time. No, that's not going to work. No. That's this third advisor. Third advisor said, wait, I have it. I have it. The way how we could stop getting these people to go to God. The devil said, well, tell me. And if it's not good, you're fired. <laughs> if it's not good, you're fired. He said, tell people that they have more time. Devil rubbed his chin, rubbed his goatee, said, hmm, I like it. Tell people they have more time. It works. It may just work. So. That is why. That is one of Satan's deadliest. Weapons in his arsenal. Telling people that they have more time. What do you mean that telling people that they have more time? What do you mean telling people that they have more time? Well, I'll give you an example, as a matter of fact. This is a true story. This is a true story. I know it's a true story because my dad told me this story and my mom told me this story. 
Um, now this happened like two years before I was born, 1986. All right. Um, it happened at the church that I used to go to. Um, in Miami, well, it's my it's called Miami Gardens now, but back then it used to be called Carroll City. Okay. Carroll City, all right, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the most safest place in the 1980s, I'm sure many of you saw the movies, but still, so, um, This guy, you know, started showing up to church, you know. Lately, he's been coming to church. Pastor seen him. Congregation has seen him. By now, everybody knows his face. About a month later, okay, about a month later, They were having a morning service. After the morning service, um, this guy, early 20s, comes up to the pastor. Okay, comes up to the pulpit, talks to the pastor, said, Pastor, look, I need to get baptized. He said, Okay. We're holding a baptism on Wednesday. He said, no, pastor, I need to get baptized. It's important that I get baptized, pastor. He said, well, I mean, we're not doing it today. You know, um, we have to prepare for it, you know, and I mean, we're not doing it tonight. I, I had something else planned for tonight's service. He said, pastor, look, I have to get baptized, pastor. I've been coming to this church. And I know this church does baptisms. Pastor, I have to get baptized tonight. Pastor says, okay. Reluctant for a minute, but says, okay. I'm going to baptize you. Night service came. Now, for whatever reason, this guy was so anxious to get baptized, I do not know, okay? Maybe he felt as though his life was in some kind of trouble and this was his last moment. I do not know. That's not for me to say. But he was so anxious to get baptized. Maybe the Holy Spirit just put it in his heart to push the fact that he wanted to, that he had to get baptized that day. So anyway, that night held the night service. Um pastor was going to have um he had a certain service planned out, certain sermon planned out, but he had to change it because you know, the guy wanted to get baptized. So he baptized him in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Baptized him, came up. Um, 
Now, whether he became a Christian when he was baptized at that moment or not, or whether he was a Christian before he was baptized, again, I do not know. But he was so anxious to get baptized. So happy when he got baptized. So church service let out. Church service let out, okay? Now, the church is in a neighborhood, which means a lot of people walk home, okay? But it's also in the middle of a very busy, very busy street and a very busy intersection. So this guy was walking home about an hour after he was baptized, maybe even less. So he walking down so he's walking down the sidewalk and he um stops at the corner okay cuz there's a red light waiting to cross a car comes And this car, I don't know how it happened, but must have lost control or something, or maybe there was an accident or something. But this car comes and takes out this guy less than an hour after he was baptized. The guy was pronounced dead. The guy was pronounced dead. Now, I want you to think about this, all right? What if that guy had not been a Christian before he was baptized? What if that guy told himself, I'm, I'm going to accept Christ when I get baptized? Okay? And the pastor told him, I'm going to baptize you on Wednesday. And the guy said, all right, fine, you can baptize me on Wednesday. Like it was supposed to be. Okay, give me tomorrow. Baptize me tomorrow. And he was walking home, came to the night service and he was walking home and a car hit him. There would be no tomorrow for that guy. That guy would not have received salvation before he died. He would not have become a Christian before he died. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. Okay. That pastor. Okay. Maybe the only reason why he said Wednesday, we have to do it Wednesday, is because he had a full busy schedule, understandably, okay? But if he did not baptize that one, that one man, 
that Sunday night, that one man would not be in heaven. Now, again, my mother told me this story. My dad told me this story. Okay. That's one of the devil's most deadliest tricks. Okay. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We can do it tomorrow. I'll go to church tomorrow. I'll get baptized next week. I'll start getting, I'll, I'll get into reading the Bible next year. It's too late. This year already started. I'll start reading the Bible next year. Tomorrow. And then what if tomorrow doesn't come? We say tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And then we get to a certain age that we just say, I'm too, I'm too old. I'm too old. Maybe back in the day I, I could have I could have gotten into, you know, going to church. Maybe back in the day when I was younger, you know, I, I could have gotten into reading the Bible, you know, but I'm too old. I put it off for so long, you know, what's the point? You know, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite, um, my favorite series of movies, um, they call them trilogies. My favorite trilogy of movies is Rocky. All right. Even the spinoff, I like Creed. Love Creed. Okay. I like Rocky. One, two, three, four. Uh, five and six, I like it, but it's not nearly as good as the first four. No. Favorite is part four when he fights the big Russian guy. All right. I like Creed um, part one and two. All right. But I remember watching Rocky part three. Okay. When he fights Mr. T. Okay. Now what happens is. In the beginning of the movie. You know. He, he has to fight Mr. T. He doesn't take the fight seriously. He doesn't take his training seriously. Meanwhile Mr. T. Mr. T. He's training hard. Okay. So the fight comes, all right, in the beginning of the movie, fight comes, um, Rocky's trainer, he ends up having a heart attack and he dies and Rocky loses the fight to Mr. T, okay? Now, Rocky, throughout the whole entire movie, he's feeling really down. Feeling really down. Okay? 
you know, he, he lost his trainer, someone he was real close with. He lost the fight, going through all these emotions. And now, the person who he fought in part one and part two, Apollo Creed, he's his new trainer. Now, Rocky, he's not training like he should, okay? He, he, he's, he's not in that mentality that he should be in, not in that state of mind that he should be in, okay? <laughs> so, as they're training, as Apollo is trying to train him to fight Mr. T, Rocky isn't doing what he's supposed to do, Okay? Apollo notices this and he said, what's wrong with you? Don't you know this guy, Mr. T, he will kill you. And Rocky says tomorrow. And Apollo, he said, there is no tomorrow. And that was a very powerful thing that he said. Because it's like they echoed it. It echoed in Rocky's mind. It said, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. You need to train now. Okay? You need to train hard. You need to train now. There is no tomorrow. We need to receive Christ's salvation right now. Right now. This moment. Right now. Today. As I am speaking, when you hear this podcast, when you hear this episode, this is when you need to accept Christ. Drop what you are doing and accept Christ. Okay? Or maybe do it in your mind while you're still doing what you're doing. Because you're receiving salvation and it's a personal thing. It's between you and Christ Jesus. Okay? But this is something that you need to do now because you don't know when Christ Jesus is going to come back. There is no tomorrow. We need to live every single day as though Christ is coming at 11.59 p.m. Turn with me to the book of James, chapter 4, verses 14. Turn with me to the book of James, chapter 4, verses 14. 
James writes, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I'm going to start reading at verses 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city. Spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You know, for those, for those who, who die and go to heaven. In fact, let me, rather let me rephrase that. When we die, we will go to a certain place. Our soul will go to a certain place. And our soul will go to a certain place and we will spend an eternity there. If we go to heaven, which those who believe in Christ Jesus will go to, which those who believe that Christ Jesus is the son of God and that he died for our sins and rose from the grave and that he ascended into heaven leaving behind the Holy Spirit for all generations for me, for you and that one day Christ Jesus would return for his people alright for those who believe that they will spend an eternity in heaven for those who reject Christ for those who reject the Christian faith, for those who do not believe in Christ Jesus. All right. They will spend an eternity in hell. Either way, when you die, when you physically die, when you're when you leave this earth, when your body leaves this earth physically, your soul will spend an eternity in another place. Okay? <clears throat> now, how long is an eternity? Picture one trillion times one trillion. Now, chances are you'll never reach the answer to that. At least you'll never count. You'll never, you know, you can find the answer, but you'll never, you can never really count that high. All right. And if by some strange way you do happen to count that high in eternity, 
will be more than that. Picture a trillion years times a trillion years, and once those trillion years times a trillion years is over, picture it just keep on going day after day after day after day after day. All right. That is an eternity. Now, on earth, the average male, if I'm not mistaken, lives to be 65 years old. The average male lives to be about 65 years old. And the average female lives to be 75 years old. Or the average male lives to be 75 years old and the um, average female lives to be about 85 years old. Either way. Okay. One trillion years times one trillion years. All right. Compared to. Eighty five years. Eighty five years might seem like a long time. Sixty five years may seem like a long time. Seventy five years may seem like a long time. OK. But what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Okay. We must live for the Lord. We must accept Christ Jesus into our life. Because we do not know when Christ Jesus will come back. All right. Romans chapter 6, verses 23. Romans chapter 6, verses 23. Paul writes. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. We keep on putting Christ till off till tomorrow, and we keep on sinning, and we keep on living the life we want to live, and we keep on rejecting Christ and putting Christ off until tomorrow, and we keep on, you know, doing what we want to do, doing what we think is fun, all right, and, and doing what we think is all right, and doing what we think is right in the sight of the world, okay? The wages of sin is death. When all is said and done, when we keep on, when we're done living like that, when we're done living, we're going to pay for what we've done 
And I say we by those who do not accept Christ. Okay, we're going those are going to pay for their sins. By going to hell. For those who rejected Christ. That is what it means. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God. Is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You accept Christ Jesus. You accept Christ Jesus. And you will have eternal life. When you die. All right. You know, there's so many, so many stories in the Bible and so many verses in the Bible that I can, that I can read from that I can read from Pertaining to why we should not put Christ off until tomorrow. But I'm going to finish it with this one verse. Book of Revelation, chapter 20. Book of Revelation, chapter 20. Those who do not know the book of Revelation, that is the last book of the Bible. There are 22 chapters in the book of Revelation. All right. So the second to the last chapter of the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, verses 15. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And that's what the devil wants. That's the devil's plan. How can he get people to stop turning to Christ Jesus? Just tell them Tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. You can do it tomorrow. Accept Christ Jesus into your heart. I'll do it tomorrow. I can't do it today. I I have something I need to do. I'll do it tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, it just takes two minutes. Say it in your head. It's something that should be personal between you and Christ Jesus. It's your salvation. You're the one that's going to go to heaven. 
is something that should be personal. Okay? It's not that hard. But it's something that you have to do right now. Right now. For those who do not know how to accept Christ Jesus into your heart. For those who have never accepted Christ Jesus into your heart. I want you to close your eyes. Don't raise your hands or anything. Again, this is personal. I want you to close your eyes. Bow your heads. Repeat after me or you can say it in your own words. But you have to mean it from your heart. This is how you accept Christ Jesus into your life. Say, Lord... Thank you, Lord God, for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that you had died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that after you died on the cross, you rose from the grave on the third day. I believe, Lord God. In you. I believe, Lord, that you ascended into heaven, O oh Lord. I believe that you love your people, Lord Jesus. I believe that you are there for me, O oh Lord God. Lord God, I thank you so much, O oh Lord God. Lord God, I believe, Lord God, that when you had ascended into heaven, you had left behind the promise that one day you will come back for your people, O oh Lord God. For those who believe in you, O oh Lord God. For those who trust in you, O oh Lord God. For those who love you, Lord God. Lord, and you left behind the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord God. A helper, Heavenly Father, Lord God. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord God. In your name, O oh Lord God, I thank you so much, O oh Lord. Lord God, I believe, Lord God, that you have left behind the Holy Spirit for all generations, O oh Lord God. For the generation that was 2,000 years ago, Lord God, all the way to my generation, O oh Lord God, so that I may receive you, Lord God. And if it should be, O oh Lord God, Another 100 generations, O Lord God. Then Holy Spirit, you will be for them too, O Lord. Because Lord God, you are there for those who love you.